Hi, I'm Spicy Dicey. And I'm Chantal Renee. And, and we, we love, love sex and horror. These are topics we love to write about as published authors. I love all things spicy and dicey. And I'm a big fan of sex and the sinister. Thanks for joining us for some dark, twisted, sexy, uncensored fun as we discuss sex, sex and, and horror. Hey, Chantal, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Going well. Um, I let our, our time pass. I was I've been reading this book called The Goddesses and Every Woman. And um yeah. and I was discussing the Artemis God with my husband and I just time just completely I got sidetracked. I was like, I cannot believe it. Hold up. And then I looked and I was like, Oh shit, it's like nine thirty eight. So Well, you apologies. know, that's what happens when you get you get into reading something that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a nonfiction book. I'll I'll pass it on to you if you want to read it later. Sounds interesting. I'm reading or listening rather on Audible to "If It Bleeds" by Stephen King. Mm. And how's that? Who's reading? Who's the reader? Uh, it's three different people actually, because he has. There are short. It's a collection of his short works. Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, so far, I think it's three or four different people. So I think there's four segments, and I'm on the third one now. Oh, cool. Well, that's interesting because it's it's been a, a while since I've um I've read, and then I went on this this book buying frenzy and got a couple of books, and I've been going through reading um a few of them. No, oh, that's good though. I mean, we need that anyway. That's fodder for yeah. a writer. You need to. You need to either read or hear books like you have to be in that world. Mm-hmm, exactly. And this, you know, is a nonfiction book. So after this, I probably is, I'm going to switch to to um, fiction and then back, back to nonfiction. The, one of our guests that's coming up has a, a sex book. He's a, a, I think I told you about him. So then I'll read his book. But anywho. <clears throat> Bonding season two. Yes, I I I watched it all, and of course they're all, like the first season. They're short, so I was able to get through pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I was still up when it dropped, and um, I was talking to my husband about this book last night. And then I was like, "Oh shoot, it's three o'clock. Um, I need to go ahead and watch Bonding. I can do it before I go to bed." And so it's like eight episodes, and for season two. And each episode is like 20 minutes. So it's, you know, the equivalent of a movie. Right. Yeah. I liked it. I actually liked it a lot better than the first season. Did you? What did you think? Um, I thought, I thought, now it's been a while because when we watched season, what's that? Sorry, my animals. Oh, uh, when we watched season one, I think it was 2019. So it had been a while, and I was trying to kind of recall what I had watched. I, I might even have, have probably should have watched it again since it was short. But um, what I could recall, I thought I liked the season, the first season better. Maybe it was because I liked the the um, the places that they went, you know, the couples that they met, the, the people that they were mm. they were doing the their their clients. I like the scenarios that they found themselves in in season one. But with this one, I loved the black mistress. Now I'm calling her black mistress, but what, whatever her name was. What's her name? Black uh, mistress, um, Mira? 
Yes, Mrs. Mrs. Mira. Yes. Was it Mira? Yes. Okay. I really liked her. I was like, yes. As soon as I she saw wasn't her come in on. season, she wasn't in season one. I really thought she was there. Yeah, Not a lot of her, but I, I, I don't think she was there in a lot of the scenes. But I do believe she was there. Oh, was she? Okay. Well, like I said, there was so much of season one that I forgot. Um, I do for anyone listening. This is like a, a, a great blend of sexy and comedic. You know, it's comedy, sexy. Which is right. good. Yeah. Well, I think I, that I, the show received so many negative comments because the first season did not really portray BDSM community the way that it actually is. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt this season they worked hard on getting that back in the in the big picture. You know, like really portraying what this type of sex work is, how it's a therapy and 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 many aspects for people and basically how you know these these people who are living this life how how it's how it affects their relationships in a real way not just in a comedic way Mm -hmm. true but the comedy this time was um our our male character doing his comedy so he was on stage doing comedy and talking about what they did, you know, their work. He put kind of put a, a comedic spin on it for his his stand-up comedy. Right, which was, yeah, that's what he discovered about himself. I think it was the last season towards the end that he could be accepted as, as uh, Master Carter. Yeah. Master, yeah, Master <laughs> yeah, Carter. Yeah, that's it, Master Carter. Um, and that was his stage persona. And he, but the, the problem that, you know, that never really got addressed last season was that he was bringing the things that he experienced in the dungeon as the, as the helper to the stage. But the problem was, is that he was, and I think she, you know, kind of touched on that a little that he was making fun. of. I think it's kind of an interesting, and I think the words double entendre because it's, the show is kind of poking fun at BDSM, but at the same time, it's not. It's trying to be serious. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what she's saying to him. You know, you're, you, I don't know the right word is making fun of. What was, what did she say at that, at the very she, end? That he wasn't taking it seriously, for one. He was, right. even when they had the classes, he's just playing and goofing around. And she's like, yo, I'm trying to study this craft. This is a craft. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of thing, a lot of characters and people that were on this. I was like, "Am I supposed to remember them from season one?" I really, I swear, I do not remember any of these people. Yeah. So the ones that were from season one that I recall was, of course, the German house cleaner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comedian that was going on before him, he was the one who liked to be humiliated. Okay. Remember yeah. last and, season and that they was were funny. kicking him and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was. That was funny. And then um, the penguin guy. Okay, yeah. And they were like, hold up, he's fine. I know. When he took that <laughs> damn penguin outfit off, I was like, wait a minute. Is that the same guy? <laughs> I was even a little taken aback. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> but, um, um, okay, what about the ones that the, the, the girl, the woman that found out she was pregnant? Was she in season one? Yes. Oh my God, I could not remember. 
Remember, remember Pete or Mr. Car- Master Carter, his weirdo roommate got him to finally, um, he wanted him to do him, remember? And he was doing him when the girlfriend walked in. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, at first I was like, oh, I don't, I don't remember her at all. But as time went on, I was like, I think I'm supposed to remember her and just forgot that whole scenario, um, the, the whole coupling and everything. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That scene where um, Mistress M- Mira? What's our Mistress May? Okay, so our main. Oh, character. Mistress May. Yeah. Yeah, Mistress May, when she was talking the woman through masturbating to an orgasm, I was bored to death. I was bored to tears with that part, and I was like, "Oh, I can't believe we're going to sit up here and have to go through that." So that's that's why I was saying that I kind of in some in some ways enjoyed season one better because of the the people that they were helping, you know. So she is a dominatrix and she's just talking this woman through trying to have an orgasm versus actually talking like a dominatrix. That that was one of those things where I was like, ah, but what is she this, was a commercial break. <laughs> well, she was talking like a dominatrix. And I think that's I think that's, you know, it's one of those things, you know, they this show caught a lot of um Black or, or I don't know what you would say how you would say it, but it caught a lot of shit because it, they were saying it wasn't portraying the life of a dominatrix in in a real way. And you and I have spoken to a lot of dominatrix <clears throat> and doms, um, and I what I think what they were trying to say is that they weren't having them connect in the therapeutic way with their clients and so Mm -hmm. this season i felt you know when when she was with mira and the person who was all bonded up and they they had to you know um allow the the person to breathe Mm -hmm. you know she was trying to get her to connect with her sub because like she said you you can't dominate somebody unless they unless you yourself know what it's like to be in their shoes and you know like you it is they're the ones who are really in control you're not which is the yeah. case i thought that and was so, a great scene that was a great yeah. scene and so what happened was i felt like that was an extension of two things in the storyline one her ability to allow herself to be truly intimate with her boyfriend and two allowing herself to have empathy for this client even though she technically kind of um what's the right word um ambushed her into doing this whole session um i mean she just like pulled out a bag of dildos and poured them everywhere (laughs) (laughs) i was like uh okay well look i maybe it's because uh, Bridgerton, like the way he explained what she needed to do in terms of masturbate, masturbating, I think that's ruined any other scene after that. <laughs> like when when he was explaining what she needed to do, how she needed to touch herself and all that, it was like, yeah, daddy, yeah. But when this lady is just talking her through masturbating and getting to an orgasm, I'm like, Z, I'm asleep. I get it. And it, I don't think that they meant it to be a sexy scene. Um, I I think it was more or less, you know, a way to get her to connect, you know, emotionally to herself because this she's talking to this woman into connecting and accepting her body 
And at the same time, she's seeing she needs to connect and accept her emotions. So it's kind of like she's getting a therapy session at the same time this other chick is getting this therapy session. And I think that's what, where that was meant to go. It wasn't necessarily meant to, you know, cause any boners anywhere. That's for sure. I, I would yeah. agree with you on that. It definitely wasn't, there was no flame or hotness to that, that situation, but I don't think they meant it to, to have any. Yeah. But was, I get, I get your point on them trying to show the more therapeutic aspect of BDSM this season. I also think it kind of suffered in that way. I, um, I, I love that the, they had a teacher. So they kind of took some steps right. back. Like you, everything you did, basically what she, what mistress mirror was saying, basically everything you did in season one, you fucked up. Now you got to come back and learn the basics. And so right. they kind of started from there. I, I do like that approach. I just feel like in terms of a flow and an excitement for me, you know, in, in enjoying what, how, what I saw in season one, I didn't enjoy as much with um, with the cases that they had. Right. No, I, I, had. no I get that. Um, I think what they were really doing with this season, I felt like they had the nail and the hammer and they were just hammering in consent for one. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, was a huge one. thing that was definitely neglected in the first season. I mean, that was, right. I mean, I'm sure we can find all kinds of complaints online about that because there was mm -hmm. really no consent given. It was, it was, what's the right word? I, I guess we, as the audience, were to expect that it had already been given, but. Mm -hmm. The thing with the BDSM world that we both know now is that it, mm -hmm. it really has to be verbal for each and every step of this of the process. Um, mm -hmm. And so once she got that lesson, I think they were trying to really hammer that in for the audience as well. Um, I was yeah. trying to think there was something else that I felt that they were trying to do as well with it. It's going to come back to me. Go ahead. Master Carter was still just as cute as a button. And I love the, uh, well, you know, I like mellow male scenes anyway. So um, any of the action that he was getting with his, his, his lover and his lover's ex-lover. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. The twin, yeah. the twin. Tris, that was cute. The, what were they saying? The yeah, twin <laughs> He's as cute as a button. He is, um, and his comedy was funny, um, even though, you know, he, he was called to the carpet on using his comedy to mask his insecurities, you know. Right. It, was it was also interesting watching them try to branch out of the, their codependent relationship. Also kind of sad how, they're, how they ended it, you know, because well, they were sure such good friends. Back. I think they'll come back, of course. Do you think, well, so while we're at that, do, do you think there'll be a season three? I think so, because one of the things he said was, I'm tired of being a sub. I'm tired of being controlled by others. But he went into show business. And when you're mm -hmm. in show business, you are always controlled by others, especially if you are contracted in any way to um, any kind of organization or individual, which he mm -hmm. would have become by getting an agent. Um, so I think he is in for all kinds of difficulties in that. And as for her, 
I think what she's going to discover is running a dungeon with these other women is not going to be easy. It's going to be an entirely different world. And yeah, I think that's that's the other challenge I think that they're confronting with this show is the concept that this type of sex work is more therapeutic than it is truly about the sex. Do you see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think we talked about that with a couple of the dominatrix we spoke with in the past. That, yeah, of course. Yeah, that it's, it is probably one of the most uh, looked down upon um, jobs, I guess, if you will. Professions. Mm-hmm. But it is also one of the most needed, I guess, in, in some ways for some people in order to maintain a sane balance in their head. Mm-hmm. What did you think about um, Mistress Maya's Mistress May's boyfriend's ex-girlfriend and that whole scenario how they got a chance to talk and they were smoking together and, and talking about him and that whole the whole dynamics with that. That was it it was I thought it was cool, but it was on the border of being snooze fest too, in a way. Yeah, I think, you know, I think what writers on TV shows miss that writers from books usually don't miss, sometimes it does happen, is that you can't give your characters so much complacency. They can't be so comfortable. And we, we as the watcher, you know, we, we want that to a, at a certain point in the story, and depending on the type of story we're watching, but if you give it too much to the character, it becomes uninteresting. Like, when you think about it, what was the entire point of having her there? I, it, it, was, it, it was close to snooze fest, like I said, yeah. Yeah, I um, mean, there was no real point to that character even coming into the situation, just so he could discover that he's still somewhat a chauvinist. Come on, he has fucking dick and balls. We know he's kind of a chauvinist, no matter how much he's trying to say he isn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I can't remember a whole lot of scenes in season one that I thought was throwaways. And I thought this was a throwaway, you know? It was just a throwaway scene um, that lasted too long for a throwaway yeah. scene, too. Now, he was kind of funny, you know, in, 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 the, in terms of not looking both ways before he crossed the street. You know, that's interesting. You know, that's funny. And then what happens to him because he doesn't do that. But the ex coming in after the initial, after the initial time that we saw her, okay, that's the break, break up their happy moment at the party. After that, when she was there and they were talking and talking and doing more talking and taking home, it was like, oh my God, this is so overdone. Where are we going with this? The only thing Just I could for think her to leave. Is- yeah, I think the only thing I can think of is are they trying to tell us that Tiff is possibly a lesbian? I didn't, pick, I didn't see that. If, they, that, if they, yeah. they were trying to show us that, I didn't see that at all on screen. Yeah, I think what they could have done with that character is once he once they had the big blow up fight about it, we should have never seen her again. Like, okay, you mad because she was here. She really wanted to apologize. Okay, that's it. That, that's it. That would have been, yeah, the cutoff mark for that particular character. And I think that they, you know, 
I think people get in their heads when they write and they think, oh, I just need to make sure there's no loose ends and we got to tie it up. Well, you know, sometimes people don't come in and, and tie up loose ends like that in, in your real life. I mean, I'm, I can think of a half a dozen people at least that I don't communicate to anymore that you could say I have loose ends with them. But at the same time, it's like, eh. Life you know, goes on. Yeah. What what did I really need to tie up there? Was it truly some sort of spectacular thing? No, not really. And was I really going to ever truly be affected by that in, a long, in the long term? No, I wasn't. So, you know, you just. When I see I stuff think, like that, I'm just thinking that somebody must have been trying to do an actress a favor or they got a friend that they wanted to put in a show or something. Because I was like, you yeah. know, she's 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 beautiful and okay, but um, her it was kind of pointless. So I was like, somebody must be doing somebody a favor behind the scenes or something. Yeah, I would have to agree. It was definitely, uh, yeah, that would. And you're right. I don't recall having many of those scenes in the first season, um, but maybe that was the problem that they thought they were trying to. Maybe they just overcompensated. The maybe that first season they they felt like oh we didn't explain enough things like with the consent situation and all these different various things about bondage, and so they thought well this time we're going to just over explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're you know I do it over too much. Yeah, and I think I um you know criticizing shows it, I think you know may, it may have its place where you can make sure you can come back and do things better, but on the other hand it also hurts. Because you can criticize something so much and, pe- and and the writers or whoever's behind the scenes are paying attention to what people are saying that you because you can't please everybody. And if you're trying to please everybody, you're going to end up losing some of the magic that kept everybody watching the first time. And yep. so sometimes I think criticism can be very hurtful in the sense that just enjoy you know what I mean? Just just feel the flow. It doesn't have to be real life. It doesn't have to look like what you're expecting to be. Put yourself into the fantasy element of it. The same thing with Bridgerton. I'm sorry, I'm going back to that because I was just talking in a room on Clubhouse about that earlier today. And it's like, well, because that's not real. And, you know, okay, but let's just fantasize for a moment. Let's just enjoy the show, watch the show. And I felt like they were giving me more of a fantasy in season one even though it may not be true to BDSM, but it's called bonding, not called BDSM tutorial. You know what I mean? So when right. it's a bonding show, it's about these characters and whatever fun we're having while we're watching them, just give us that magic again instead of trying to turn it into a self-help. This is what BDSM really is. You know, learn something from it. You know, if I want to yeah. learn, I'll go pick up a nonfiction book. I'll go put, uh, watch a documentary. But if I'm watching this show, it's because I'm coming back because I want to watch these characters and I want right. to see whatever fun you're trying to give me. And I just felt like it was lost a little bit this time. No, I get that. No. And I and I can't disagree. I think, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey left a bad taste in, in many a people's mouths <laughs> when it comes to being entertained by this subject matter. And that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. And I, I don't think you can make everybody happy um but i i do feel like they did maintain the the characters um mm-hmm. we just saw a little more like you said we saw a little more of carter's humor on stage versus off stage but that was also because he was when he wasn't on stage he was dealing with some heavy things in his life um yeah. 
But I do have to say, I, I expected it to happen that the um, rich, rich man was the father. I don't know why. I just expected it. So it didn't really surprise me. I don't know how my mind picked up on it, but that part did not surprise me. Mm. I see. It was too much of a perfect situation for the show to not use it. You know, we had this guy who's extremely in the closet, afraid of his father. His father's super rich and runs a successful firm. And I'm thinking, Mm, I think it's the same person and I don't know why I don't know why I thought that but yeah I, I don't know my mind picked up on, on the cue somewhere somehow and mm -hmm. my writer's brain just spat it out and it turned out to be correct I was like oh I was actually a little surprised that I was correct by that I was like oh mm -hmm. that's what and surprised the, me that little camera work right there was interesting when they, when they followed him running into the office busting up in there about to come out to his dad yeah. and then his dad's big chin that he has a very signature chin looking up. Mm -hmm. At least they showed him throughout. His story tied in. You know? No, for sure. And that was good. And I felt I felt bad for for our our little Carter slash Pete when that happened. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't think he was really in love with that dude or anything, but you know, he was having some fun and he was already going through it with that guy anyway, with that weird twin cess situation that happened <laughs> i was like uh creepy <laughs> just, just a little creepy but no it was good i enjoyed it um and i do think there'll be a third season i i don't know what they'll make it about maybe them repairing their relationship i'm not sure i will say mm -hmm. i was surprised by the pregnancy announcement i never picked up that that had been the case and mm -hmm. um, it made sense yeah, it did because I know in that first season, he was always like, you know, I don't know why we, you know, never spent time together, and she's just like, you know, she just kind of kept brushing past that subject. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of, you know, nice to see that finally, kind of the beans to be spilt on that, so we could get all that tied in together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I did like that. I like that tie in a lot. Um, that was and, that and, was good, and it certainly gave him some good material for his stand up. Yeah, really. And, you know, honestly, I. Can you imagine us as parents? A spanking yeah. would be like a reward. <laughs> yeah, there was some good funny stuff there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I can't really figure out what part of it she got that offended by. Oh, she... I couldn't stand that at all. Yeah, my husband I, I was with me this time. And he said, man, get off yourself. Get off your high horse. What is the problem? So I felt like that tension was kind of exaggerated. Like, what is she upset about? It's his story, too. What is the problem? Yeah, I don't know that she was... I don't think... I, I mean, I don't think it was the fact that he was talking about a dead baby, first of all. Which, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would be like, well, that's in poor taste, but whatever. Um, she didn't seem to be bothered by it. I think what she was bothered by was him making fun of how people who are in the kink community act. But at the same time, I did. I, I need to rewatch it because I didn't really see anything in it that I thought was so detrimental that it would keep her from being able to forgive him. No, um, I didn't. I didn't see that, and I thought she was on some shit on right there. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous, and that's not something to be upset with him about. And and comedians, the good ones anyway, they're going to use real life material. That's what it, I mean. That's what you get your material from. And if you yeah. can turn it into a joke. You know, he's not seeing your name. Um, 
he's you know it's it's his part of his story you know that's 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 a part of what he does he's not judging you for what you're doing why are you judging him i I was very disturbed by her with that part but it was like okay they need some tension again so they can split them up and here we go um yeah and my husband said she looked just like winona Ryder, and ever since he said that i can't get that out of my head when i look at her i see winona Ryder now i mean she's definitely a lot more petite than than winona was but um i can see that yeah now Overall, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I would definitely tell people, check it out. I think you'll enjoy both season one and season two. It's short, simple. And honestly, I might have to watch it both again just because I really did enjoy season one. And I kind of would you know, like to see season two. But I did enjoy that they were really communicating important things in season two about consent, about what this particular type of sex work is about. Um it's not always just about some creepy person who wants creepy things. As a matter of fact, most real creepy people are not allowed to be um, subjects or not subjects. What was the word? Um, puppies or whatever. Different things that they call. They're not allowed to necessarily be in these dungeons if they're really truly like sick individuals. Like say uh, the the last show we talked about. Uh, the night soccer. Yeah, they do go through a vetting process. Um, <clears throat> and right. I didn't want to come across as in, um, as that I didn't like it. I did like it. I would recommend people watch it, season one and season two. I did think it wasn't as good as season one, but Chantel thought it was better than season one. So either way, watch season one and season two. I'd really love to see these characters come back for season three. I'm just talking, you know, I, I still think it's a good show and I'm very glad that they're still making it. And I'd like to see even more shows like this. No, for sure. Now I do want to touch a little bit on a teacher. I finished it. Okay. If you're cool with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this was a Hulu original series. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about a few, few, what, a couple months ago now when it first came yeah. out. Dicey finished it. I couldn't, I, I was one of those, I can't do it once a week. I have to wait till it's <laughs> over and then mm. watch it. I, I've even lost uh, the ability to watch uh, Discovery of Witches uh, weekly. So I'm waiting for that to come out a little bit more before I finish that one as well. But um, I felt that that was one train wreck of a show. What did you think about <laughs> it? Um, you know, we talked about it a little bit before. I'm glad to for you to come to the end so we can kind of capture how it ended because it ended differently than the movie. Uh, if you all are regular listeners and you remember, we talked about a teacher before if this is a TV show version of the movie that came out, I think in 2013, somewhere around there. And uh, the, I enjoyed the TV version better because we have, actors that I believed in these roles a little bit more than I did in the movie version. And I like the fact that it aged, it went, it, it covered a, a, a larger span of years so that we got to see what happened after the fact, you know, once the other shoe drops, because we know this is not a romance, you know, it's not, it can't have a happy ending. You know, um, this is, uh, I, I don't think people are sick and twisted because they watch something like this. This is a teacher who has an affair with her high school student who turns <clears throat> from 17 to 18. So mm-hmm. um, he is 
he is not a prepubescent child, okay? He is someone who's in high school, but it is an illegal relationship. And mm-hmm. so I don't think there's something wrong with having art like this. It, it is something that is to be talked about. <clears throat> the consent of, you know, whether someone in a position of power can cons- can uh, have a relationship with somebody if this person that is um, in not in a position of power can give consent to a relationship like that. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I think these are great discussions to have. Just wanted to catch everybody up to speed on that. Um, but I did like that we got to see how what happens after everybody finds out. And in this case, she does time. She comes out and it went straight to hell. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty awful when she got out. Yeah. Um, And I think it's also what sucks about situations like that. She can't leave her city. You know, she's there. That's where her family is. She had the parole out there. She had to do five more years of her community service, not community service, uh, parole uh, out. You know, she's basically spending her, the rest of her sentence in her own home. But she's still, you know, ankle monitored and all that sort of thing. Um, it was definitely like extreme self-destruct. Yeah. Um, what I th- what I thought, and my husband's been talking, we've been talking about this all along too. And I thought, now she's wrong, people. Okay, I'm not saying that she was not wrong. She was wrong. She was a teacher who was wrong. I'm saying by the time it was over, I felt bad for both of them. I felt bad for her, too. I'm sorry I felt bad for her, too, because I saw someone who, in my opinion, from what I thought the actress portrayed, someone who would fall in love with this guy. Right. And so in that regard, I felt it's tragic that she's in this situation. She found herself in. She didn't go out looking for it. She crossed boundaries. She did things that she should not have done. But I felt mm-hmm. bad for her because even after she did her time, she could never be, she could, you know, everywhere she she went, someone knew her. They knew her name. They knew what she had done. She trying to get a job. She didn't went to jail for it. She she turned herself in, you know, and it's, it's like, it's supposed to be a life sentence. Now she can never do, she can't ever do anything right. She was, she, she can't live anymore because she did this. Uh, yeah. So I felt bad for her too, but... Um, the, the, the guy, he said something that I thought was very interesting too at the end. And I felt really bad for him, of course, cause he could never get himself together. Never. He could never get back on the right track because this was too intense, too early for him. And in his, in his case, he said, I'm looking at my brother and my brother is what? 15. I think he's 17, said? 17, 17. My brother is 17 and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking of how young he is how young he looks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that, is, that kind of puts it in perspective too. Like this particular actor, I like, I like uh, what's his name? Nate Robinson? I'm, I might have the Nate part wrong. I can't remember his name right now. But I'll I never like be able to remember that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I have to look it up. But uh, Robinson, I think it's Nate Robinson. Um, I like the actor. And so when I see him, obviously he's not 17. He's a grown man. He's in his, He's like, 25 I think so when I see him play this role I see a grown man but if he had been a 17 year old guy for real you know then I would have been looking like this is a you know he he probably would look more like a child to me to look more like a boy look like somebody who was young 
Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm, I'm even older than this teacher was. So everybody looks young to me now. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I also, I was kind of rooting for them when she got out of jail because she did her time. And then he was of legal age and he came to her. It's like they still had feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out why they didn't just pick up and just move on. Why Why would she jump in then and, and be like, I got to do the responsible thing. Bitch, you done fucked him up now. Yeah. I honestly think it's because she never really wanted him in that way. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, she was, you know, she did say at that in the end, you know, I wanted out of my marriage. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in that situation. I wanted to feel something different. And you were just the thing I used to do that. Yeah. Yeah, she said that. She said that. And I remember that. But I was just thinking, I'm looking back at, she was ready to run off with him, though. You remember? Like, she was ready to jump in the car. She was at at Because at that point, I think she was still addicted to the adrenaline. Well, because of that, it seemed like she could have just... So are you saying from the period that the, the the time period that passed between then and later on, she was no longer on the adrenaline rush? Because it seemed like when she saw him, she still had a, a reaction to him to me. Yes, she did. But I think by spending actual time in prison, mm-hmm. which they didn't give us any of that. So mm-hmm. we don't really know what she suffered through, you know, through and, and there. And well, I'm sure she did. Thankfully, they, they yeah. bypassed that part and skipped yeah. ahead about 10 years. But the, the concept that, that we're expected to believe without seeing it is that she found something through her experience that it just it made the situation unpalatable. Even if it was still attractive to her, it was still unpalatable. Mm, okay. So she and was I, tru- truly rehabilitated. <laughs> Uh, I guess, and if you want to call it that, <laughs> she definitely, you know, I, I, I felt bad for her in some ways because, yeah, she, she definitely wasn't going to be able to have a, a normal job, you know, unless it was through family, which she was lucky and she was able to, to get that. Right. Um, but that's, you know, uh, you know, like society judges people very, very harshly. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, a point in time and in a different state, not our state, but like the sex predators are all, I think our, our state does do where they're all on a list. And this is somebody who's in a situation like she was in to actual, you know, child molesters and, and rapists and stuff. Um, so you all go on the same list and you're globbed on that list and you're put out there for everybody to know where you are and, and mm-hmm. you can't be within so many yards of schools and all these things. Um, they had on that list as well uh, anybody who committed violent crimes were put on that list in a certain state and they were automatically assumed because they were on this list with sex predators that they were sex predators too and so you know that i say it i say that to say that in in many ways to be labeled a sexual predator is worse than being known as a murderer hmm in our society, I mean, everything about sex and, and, you know, our podcast is sex and horror. So 
you know, everything about sex is taboo. Even healthy sex conversations are still taboo. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's such an American stupidity. <laughs> mm. That's the, the best way I can put it because, you know, sex is a natural part of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. For example, like, you know, uh, what was I watching one day? And I was like, yeah, that's true. You know, the concept that we have all this stress in our life. Well, I think it was something about women. Um, but I think it applies to men, too. You have all this stress in your life. And what do we have that is the best stress reliever ever? The ability to have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. That shit can calm you down in five seconds. Why don't people use that more? Mm-hmm. You know, instead, they run around being all flustered. And, and oh, but <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't be masturbating. That's evil. And I'll go to jail. Yet I think I'll go over here and stab somebody in the eyeball because that's better. <laughs> sexually frustrated huh yeah you know Mm. what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's like what the fuck is wrong with our country that this is how we've taught people to deal with their lives oh (laughs) you're you are still a virgin at 40 oh that's funny ha 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 and you know obviously this person has issues having intimacy with with somebody else obviously so why are you making them feel bad about themselves you know instead like hey it's not easy being human. Hey, it's hard having conversations. Hey, there's like a multitude of various types of gadgets you can buy to calm yourself down. And now you don't even have to go in the goddamn store. You can order that shit right off Amazon. Mm. Well, um, it, his name is Nick Robinson, by the way. Not Nate Robinson. I was wrong. Oh. His okay. name is Nick Robinson. Um, but I, I'm a fan of his work. And hopefully this is the last high schooler he plays, though. Yeah. Well, he they did a good job making him look young in that first part. I mean, he really, mm-hmm. they did such a good job. I was like, I really feel like I've seen him age and grow, you yeah. know. <laughs> and they did a good job on that, you know. that, And that's all camera tricks, you know. Yeah, Keeping yeah. Them... And, and his hair, they, they changed his hair up and all that and changed his style yeah. of dress. Uh, yeah. yeah, but even his, deme- his demeanor and everything, he was just, he just never could get right again. Um. Now, I tell you, I know, in real life, I know the situation, but it's reversed. It's a man, and the student was uh, 15, which mm-hmm. is really, you know, you know, and, and this, again, this was a romance-created situation. Um, mm-hmm. A pregnancy was planned and also achieved. And time was served. And so, and now they're together with this child. Mm-hmm. But, and this is why I was like, you probably got to be careful what you say. Why don't they just get together? Because now from an outsider's perspective, I feel as if this horrible stigma that this person has brought upon themselves is is suppressing and and keeping that family from being successful from ever being able to have anything more in life besides this love that is really not, you know, fulfilling to both partners anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what, what I, if she'd have just had an affair with a a grown ass man that was not her student, then, you know, it wouldn't have even been a movie. It would just been another affair. Maybe right. maybe like unfaithful if she'd had a Frenchman like Olivier Martinez or something. But um, 
this this is one of those scenarios where proximity played a part too, mm-hmm. and uh, you know people got to keep those boundaries up when you're dealing yeah. with people you got no business having any relationships with. Don't don't be hanging out. Uh, yeah. Shameless. Do you, do you ever watch Shameless? They, they tackled this subject a little a little bit in the last episode, I think. Whereas the student, I'm, I'm sorry, um, Lip Lip's girlfriend, baby mama, however you want to refer to her, uh, they they live together, and she was uh, seeing she was meeting with her former teacher, high school teacher again after all these years, and he could obviously tell that there was there had been some romance between them when when uh she was younger and it turns out when she was 15 he she'd had a relationship with her teacher and she was like but i was different you know i he he was like look the dude's got an issue you you were you were he was not supposed to be fooling with you you were right a student you were young and you didn't know any better she was like but i was different i was very mature for my age we had a real thing it was a a real thing like it was real you know it was real and mm-hmm. and um it just so happens that she was defending it and everything until he came and he brought his new girlfriend with him and the new girlfriend was 15 i think or whatever her age is was young student ish and she had braces in her mouth and she obviously looked like she was young like young enough to be his daughter and that's mm. when when he when she saw uh, what he looked like with this girl that's when she was like oh you got a problem <laughs> right like this is odd this is weird uh go away and, yeah know? and it is and and i think you know i think that's what's the saddest part of these situations you know because people are like oh but look at bridgington these guys are supposed to be like 15 16 years old and mm-hmm. they're hooking up with mm-hmm. these older men but that mm-hmm. was like you know, decades and decades ago, people did that because life expectancy was much shorter. Um, our lifespans, I should say, were much shorter and life expectancy was even shorter. Um, they yeah, had their reasons we, for doing that, you know, yeah, for starting young. We can't forget the cultural and implications and stuff like that, too. Yeah. With the ages and everything. We're, we're talking about, um, you know, like with this culture and everything. If you go somewhere else. The age is going to be different, and it's not going to be as big of a deal either, you know? Yeah, there are other countries that they're still doing arranged marriages at 15. Yeah, so it's a, it gets to be a real tricky subject, which is why I like I like, I like these type of topics. The yes. stuff where there's, where there's some shades of gray. And, and it, it can be so bad where you can, people will argue with you now they fuss about it you're sick why would you watch something like that why would you make a show like that man i mean that just makes it funnier to me this is the man. last season for shameless by the way do you watch it uh, this is i tried less. i tried I, I really could not get into it but i did try mm, okay yeah, i love it and the gallagher family i'm gonna miss them so much uh, waiting for them to come back at the end of this month, and then I guess we got a few more episodes, and that's going to be the end of them. I'm going to miss them. Been mm. ro- I've been rolling with them. There was a UK version, and this is the American version. But just watch the kids grow up to have, you know, twisted lives <laughs> like yeah. the older siblings did. Yeah. 
But since oh, I yeah. mentioned Shameless, I guess I would, I would, uh, you know, do it. Since I mentioned that scene in Shameless, I thought I'd mention the show. Yeah. Y'all start start from the beginning of Shameless, though. Um, the, this show, Shameless, does a lot of crazy stuff. It's like they think of what is bad, what makes someone bad, and then they they go even further and make them an even worse <laughs> person. So, yeah. and I love that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of controversial stuff up there too that makes it fun. Yeah, and I think that's that's just life. So many people want to yeah. be like, oh, there's like, there's everybody, there's a normal way to live. I I've just still haven't met that person that has normal life, and the people that I meet that are that are supposedly normal, behind closed doors, they're not. That's very true. Yeah. And yeah, and, and it, it's kind of interesting too. The people that are very hypercritical or very judgmental about about certain things or certain people, I'm often that often makes them suspicious to me, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. then I'm like, what? I wonder what skeletons you got in your closet, <laughs> right? They open their mouth <laughs> and some bones fly out and hit you. <laughs> I mean, it's sad, you know. It, and the nicer and the more, I mean, honestly. There are, I'm not going to say there are no real people out there who are w- doing well. And there are people who are doing well. And there are people who are good people. And they genu- genuinely want what's best for people. But unfortunately, there's more bad people than good right now. Mm. And, you know, mostly that's because people are, I don't know. that's just like a whole different subject but the point is is that there's a lot of crazy there's a lot more crazy going on there's a lot more chaos going on our our universe is very chaotic and i i don't think that i think that's why we gravitate towards shows and 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 books and entertainment that's a little more chaotic because it makes you know it's 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 not necessarily the comfort comfort zone for us but it makes more sense i think for most humans to see and and they can relate to the chaos because we we all live in chaos. That's just part of the universe we're in. You know what makes you a good person is being able to grab that that chaos and put order to it so that you can get what you want from your life, like mm-hmm. you have done with your books and things like that. You know what I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. not easy. It takes strong people to do that sort of thing. But that doesn't mean we're not entertained still by all the the things that are happening around us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did have we talked about the Houston Horror Film Festival event that you went to? Did we talk about oh, that on the last? I episode? don't think so. No. Oh, okay. I, you want to talk about that? It was a lot of fun. The guys that are, are making the Houston Horror Film Festival um, did a pop up market uh, in combination with Scary Dad, which is also another event that happens here in Houston mm-hmm. uh, around Halloween time, and it was a lot of fun. There was some great, um, <laughs> some great celebrities that i thought were you know like horror actors and that was cool they had the representation of a um a filmmaker a local filmmaker and he actually did win an award and that was really cool um the booths were a lot of fun i i missed julio however we missed each other by 20 minutes mm. i couldn't wait i was too hungry <laughs> <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and um I, I, you know, I did see a, a grown ass man walking around in a female bikini bottom. And that was just like, what did I just witness? <laughs> <laughs> it was not right in any sense of the word, mm. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, and I, I would definitely have to say 
you know, I think horror conventions always have the, the most interesting um, booth vendors. Always mm-hmm. something new, something different I haven't seen uh, versus, you know, the usual stuff that I see at all various markets that I, I attend and or I, I use a booth, I get a booth at. So it was a, it was a good time. Um, and I'm looking forward to their three-day show coming up in the summer. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I'll be able to be there for that. Um, but it was a, it was a lot of uh, a lot of fun, and I was excited to see so many of our peoples out there. You know what I mean? People who are into the same things we are in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my uh, schedule right now is up in the air. I, I'm trying to see what's happening with this pandemic. I know we had a lot of stuff that was scheduled for last year, and things were postponed until this year. The Houston Horror Film Festival was one of them. Frightmare was one. There were some other events that we had going on. I think with Scary Dads and all that too. And so um, for this year, I'm kind of waiting to see whether this stuff is going to be on my schedule for June and, and et cetera. And um, so I, I don't want to say for sure that I'm going to be anywhere yet, but I would like to say that hopefully by the summer I can be out and about again. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of my kids also because uh, even with this, the vaccine going around, you know, I don't think they have anything that's for kids yet or something like that i think that's what you were telling well, me right yeah and i i again i don't have any exact reference so take anything we say about the vaccine with a grain of salt mm-hmm. um, i have heard through somebody else whose family member is a nurse that some people who are female and younger have been finding that they could possibly end up being sterile in their life because of this vaccine again mm-hmm. That is not a, something that has been brought up by any official channels. That's just what somebody said, and they could be incorrect. And it was, a, you know, it was just one of those, this is a side effect they're, they're thinking is happening. I don't know. You know, for me, I, again, for, for you and I, we're at the age, it's like, we get the vaccine. Okay, well, neither of us have reproductive business anymore no, anyway so we don't I won't care. be having it but for like yeah <laughs> but for like your child your daughter or anybody else's you know, who's in their 20s or 30s and you're still thinking of trying to have a child uh get the information i do know that they announced on the news this morning that you are not supposed to get the vaccine if you're pregnant now they're telling pregnant that. women not yeah. to. yeah i saw that so that is that is something you really want to think about and again, yeah. unfairly, it is not affecting men in any way so far that I know of in any negative way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I find that it's such, as a, as a writer, I find it so apocalyptic that here we are dealing with this illness that has killed more people in the last year than anything else on the planet has killed people. Cancer, uh, car accidents, anything, suicide. Nothing is killing people as fast as COVID is killing people. Um, mm-hmm. And now... We've lost so many, so much of our population planet wide, and now they're being told a, a good two, three months in, if you're young and you've gotten the shot, you may not be able to have children. So it's like, wow, talk about like a population control situation. And I don't know if yeah. it was intentional, but I mean, it is, it is really a creepy thing when you're an author and you think the way we think, and you see some shit like this going down. You're like, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> what the actual fuck is going on? 
Yeah, so, so I say all that to say, <laughs> um, mm. I would like to be back at events this summer, uh, but right now I'm going to play it by ear, um, maybe at the film festival and at the Frightmares and that sort of thing. I'm just um, waiting to see. I uh, want to get a little bit further into the year. January's already gone, I guess. So, I mean, time is moving pretty steadily and fast, so hopefully I'll know something soon. But either way, everyone out there, uh, put your mask on, keep your hands washed, Stay safe, mm-hmm. and um, and so at least. And if you're a boy, 20- get the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> at least by 2049, and I'll be back at some events. Yes, and 2049. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by 2049, uh, if not 2021. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for letting me know how the Houston Horror Film Festival was. No, it was and, great. Uh, and you said mm-hmm. you started a new um, a new social media platform. How are you liking that? Oh, what's the same one that we were talking about before, Clubhouse? I've just been on there. Um, I took two weeks off to finish the the script. I adapted uh, Sleepy Wiggles Bonded Soul to a pilot. And that's the first book of my Narcoleptic Vampire series. And so I took the time to tighten that up. And then I went back on Clubhouse. It's just, it's an audio um, app where people are just going on there talking. There is a lot of positive things happening. And as with anywhere that has a lot of people, there's a lot of negative too. Just stick to what your interests are. If you want an invite, Chantel, I'll send you one. Okay, cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for for listening to us babble, especially (laughs) me. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. We had a good time. I always enjoy, like I said, no matter what's going on, I enjoy our weekly conversations. So I think... Uh, was it is next week our we got a porn star coming on? We're going to talk about some some Valentine's Day shit. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be fun, and I think we're going to do a video for that. Correct? Mm, I think so. If I can get my hair done and all that. <laughs> yeah, and, and by get my hair done, I mean go and, and pull it out in the mirror and <laughs> put some. Right. I speaking of it. speaking of, I finally watched Good Hair. That's no, did one you? hell of a documentary. I've never seen it before. <laughs> As a hairdresser, I was like, wow. I definitely did the wrong person's hair when I got into this industry. <laughs> I did, mean, those bitches are paying $1,000 for that weave. And now, how many years ago was that? That's just got to be more now. <laughs> did we talk about that one here? Good hair? I don't think so. Yeah, well, maybe we could do that one episode. We'll take time to just go into that. I know I talked about it on... Um podcast when I was talking about my top 10 and I said how that one did not make the list but anywho mm-hmm. brought it up because it was a new one <laughs> all right yeah, well, we can, we can do show. it you liked it you liked the movie I did I, I well you know because I mean I'm 39 almost 30 and 39 29 year old you know hairstylist and and to see the hair industry from that perspective and I don't think and I know we said we're gonna talk about it another time but I will just add this one thing it's a lot more of a glance into the black culture than I thought it was going to be. And you know what? I just now realized that you're talking about bad hair. That's the one with Chris Rock. I mean, good hair. Good yeah. hair is the, the documentary with Chris Rock. That's what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I was talking about the horror movie on uh, Hulu. It's called um, good hair. I think it's called bad hair. Let me look it up real fast. Oh. <laughs> And I and I have once again just messed it all up. What you were trying to say, by getting, yeah, it's called Bad Hair. It was a 2020 horror film on oh, Hulu. Oh, I didn't know. 
I'm here. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Completely. You're talking. Yeah, you're talking about an old documentary. Yeah, I with am. Chris Pop. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. And yeah. and you know we've talked on our show before about you know people looking taking time to understand the black culture and the black community. This is a great show to get that concept. Yeah, um, absolutely. I I definitely had never realized that, that it went into that area at all. I thought it was just mm-hmm. only about extensions and stuff. So mm, I okay. I really was happy. I finally took the time to watch it because I was like, oh my lord! And of course, Chris Rock's always so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I gotcha. We're on the same page yeah. now. Yeah, really good show. But no, I didn't watch Bad Hair because I'm sure if I read the title, I would have thought of, you know, one uh, some sort of movie with uh, anime uh, claymation and hair. Like, I... well, I think it's only fair you should check out Bad Hair. <laughs> okay, you're gonna make me. <laughs> you got to check it. it out if if it's still on Hulu. But it was a. Uh, it came out last year. Okay, uh, I'll I'll see. I'll see what I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right darling. you all right. too good night everyone Bye. good night thank you for listening to this week's episode of sex and horror make sure you subscribe and join our facebook group if you'd like to be a guest let us know if you have a topic to suggest a movie tv show book song to be featured let us know you can follow me at ChantalRenee.com. And I'm at Dicey Grinner all over social media. You can find me on my website, DiceyGrinnerBooks.com. See, See you, you next week, week for Sex and Horror. Horror.